0: Hey Haunties, it's Allie here, coming to you live from the studio to bring you an extra special bonus episode. Every Friday in the month of October, Let's Get Haunted is bringing you spooky tales from the LGH archives. Over the past five seasons of our podcast, we've collected many stories that both terrified and intrigued us, but didn't quite fit within any of the episode topics we were planning to cover. These stories were recorded and then shelved, and have since been waiting patiently for the opportunity to finally be set free. This Halloween season, we've decided to dust the cobwebs off of these audio files and air them here just for you. These miniature hauntings feature no fluff, just spooky stuff. But don't worry, you won't be alone because I am here to help you along your listening journey today. We hope you enjoy this specially curated series and don't forget to tune in each Friday of October to hear more. Are you ready? Let's get haunted. Today's first story comes from Rudy who woke up one night to find something strange hovering above him in his bedroom. So without further ado, hey Rudy, what's haunting you?
1: So my name is Rudy. I'm uh, 35 years old, and I had a strange experience when I was 18, 19 that changed my way of thinking and how I view this UFO and alien phenomenon. Personally, I've never been a real true believer in UFOs or aliens or anything like of that sort. Like, I've read about them. I've actually read I've watched a few documentaries, stuff like that. but so I've never been an actual, like, true believer. But, uh, you know, I, I've always, I guess, I had an open mind for it. But I've never actually like blowed into it too much or read a lot of books or anything like that. What happened to me just happened to me around 2011. Yeah, that day was just uh, like any other day, really. You know, I I remember it was a weekday and um, I I usually used to go to work around eight in the morning. And um, the night before that, it was just like any other night. Got my lunch ready, just relaxed. My girlfriend was with me at the time, actually. Pretty much that was it, you know, went to sleep. And then I recall waking up around I don't know, I felt like maybe it was like between 4 or 5 in the morning. So it was a pretty small room. My bed was like in the corner, and then I had a TV in the front, a uh, door to the right and in the closet next to that door. So it was a small room. There's a window to my left as well. And I remember I was just uh, sleeping, and I just remember waking up, and I remember seeing these orange orbs. It seemed like they were maybe the size of smaller than beach balls. Uh, I felt like I'd seen them appear out of the wall. I'm not sure where they came, but I still remember seeing three orange orbs. It just feels like, it sounds weird, but it feels like they just, like, appeared there. You know, like, it's not like they dropped there. It's just they appeared there, that makes sense. And I remember seeing them move in counterclockwise direction. They moved super fast, like, (sighs) My first instinct was jumping up and and actually moving to the left to let my girlfriend know. And I remember uh, being in shock and uh, trying to hop up and scream. And I remember at that moment... I froze. Like, I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. Like, unable to talk or move or anything. Being unable to scream, being unable to talk or move, anything. Just my eyes were able to move. And seeing these orbs make this counterclockwise uh, move towards the top of me. When they were moving, making this uh, counterclockwise move, they became one. And I used to recall my eyes looking up at them, and I see this big old white light. Like, like almost like a camera flash. Like, and that's when my fear kicked in, and that's when my... Almost like a survival type of instinct popped up like a mo- like a, a need to jump out of the bed i guess that's that's i remember like trying to just i guess trying to escape the clutch of whatever was, was trying to take me i do remember uh but it's like almost like a uh wow wow wow, wow like that type of sound i do remember this weird like magnetic antsy feeling almost like a like a almost like getting tased in a way but uh more subtle and like almost under the nerves. It. I don't know, it's hard to explain it. It's pretty, pretty terrified. I remember trying to scream and, and try to move do anything I can, I couldn't. And I remember uh, like if I was being lifted up. That's what it felt like. And then I just remember like kind of giving up, like the struggle, I guess, giving up and just like, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't do anything. So I just gave up in a way. And I just remember my brain, like felt like it just shut off by itself. Like I just immediately shut down and waking up in a panic, like, whoa. And, uh, yeah, that, that's something that stayed with me forever. I never forgot it, mostly because of, of what I felt like, you know, the, the fear of it. I told my girlfriend about it, but she kind of just dismissed it. She felt like it was probably a dream, but it, it, it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream. I know for a fact it wasn't. Afterwards, after that experience, I started looking more into subjects and reading more about them. And a, a lot of people, you know, reported seeing orange orbs, and that's what made me believe. It wasn't enlightening, it wasn't pleasant. It could be some type of drone or something physical, because like I said, the sensation was real. And a lot of the abductions that I've read now, a lot of times if they get abducted, it's real fast, you know, and it's uh, instantaneously, almost, almost dreamlike. But with with my abduction, it, it felt like it was more physical, just a, the anti-magnetic feeling, the the sound of, of that thing, that, was, that really scared me, the wow, wow, that sound right there. I stayed with me forever mostly, the sensation in my skin and, and that sound. And it was it was very physical compared to a lot of abductions I've read. So that that led that me to believe maybe maybe it was uh, uh, physical drones or some type of technology. They did make me realize that we're we're not alone for sure. We're not alone in this planet or in this universe. And there's something out there. I know without a doubt that we're not alone. After that experience, I know we're not alone.
0: Thank you, Rudy, for sharing your story with our audience today. Listeners may be interested to know that after Rudy told me his story, I showed him a picture of the red lamp, which we discussed in episode 151 of our show this season. Upon showing him the drawing, he immediately exclaimed in disbelief, That's exactly what I saw. Have you ever woken up to something strange in the middle of the night, Haunties? If so, we'd love to hear your story. Write into us at letsgethauntedpod at gmail.com with your nighttime encounters. But before we can move on to our final story of this episode of What's Haunting You, let's take a moment to thank this week's patrons. We would love to give a big thank you to Brian G, Corky M, Pete, Deja, Rebecca S, Y2NLA, Mike Sims, Mike S, Maria O, Brandy B, Lauren B, Fresh Zombie, Spencer S, Samantha D, Victoria, Pedrito El Maldito, Alex W, Laura, Lilybell C, Fred H, Ashley D, Madeline B, Rayleigh R, Riley R, Danielle S, Macy D, Ginny Squiddy, Ilya J, Ilya J, Madison E, Sarah J, Jamie F, Kathleen M, Sapphire, Grandma Painter, Mikey BDX7, Omar M, Cynthia V, Lexi L, Kayla P, Brianna, Brianna, Marchess C, Marquess C, Marquise C, Peter Barker, aka Camry, Brianna C, Brianna C, Robin V, Kayla M, Taryn K, Ariel R, Ariel R, Anna R, Meg T, James H, Rachel M, Molly, Phoenix Crippen, Lily, Courtney, Deach, Jess B, Cheesy, Grace K, Lisa B, Jennifer M, Red Moon, Silver Snaffles, Caroline L, Carolyn L, Elizabeth P, Lingonberry Hibiscus, Allison M, Charles C, Angelica A, Angelica A, Raina, Greg A, Mari, Mary, Marie, Briar C, Kira M, Kyra M, Ween, Chico of the North, Nicole, Andrea, Andrea, Rowan, Kelsey, Stephanie L, Gabrielle C, Kalani, Lacy the Unicorn, Steven, Gryra, Grira, Sergio, Malgorzata D, Stephanie B, Haunted Endeavors, Chelsea G, Garrett W, Way of Will, Ash RC, BB Irwin, Emma B, Annie T, Julian W, Leslie B, Frilly, Sean P, Uzma A, Barb I, Danielle M, I'm Small Fry, Brandon R, Kirsten, Ona, Rachel O, Omar, Kate, Jason, Rebecca S, Megan N, Michael T, and Megan D. Thank you all so, so much. Let's Get Haunted does not exist without our patrons, and we are so, so appreciative of everyone who has donated this year and everybody that's donated this month. Thank you all so much for your generosity. Our final story today comes from a Marine veteran going by the name E. After witnessing so much death and tragedy following a tour in Afghanistan, E returns home only to realize that he may have a wartime ghost still attached to him. Without further ado, E, what's haunting you?
2: I am a United States Marine Corps veteran. I was in from 2014 to 2016. The only reason that I was in for two years was because I unfortunately got injured while on duty and got a medical discharge. And so I came back home in October of 2016. And since then, I've just been living a normal life as much as I can, spending time with my family. I was in high school and I had already known that I wanted to be in the military, but I didn't know which branch I wanted to go into at first. So I was talking to all the different branches and I had actually almost fully committed myself to the army And then one day a Marine Corps recruiter came into my lunchroom without even saying a word, didn't even get to set up his table or anything yet. Somehow he just demanded my attention. He just demanded my attention right then and there. So I said, that's what I want right there. I want that kind of respect and attention and I want to be someone like that. When I set foot in Afghanistan for the first and only time, it was definitely a more humbling experience to what I was used to. I come from a very small town in New Hampshire where you know the population was i think thirty-five hundred people and i went to high school with four other towns combined into my high school and even then my graduating class was only about 400. it was definitely a different experience getting to see that other side of the world and it was a different feeling that it was almost like dorothy you know we're not in kansas anymore i remember the moment that i i actually got to take a deep breath of fresh air there the air was thick it wasn't humid but it was it was thick and all i could smell really was a lot of diesel but there was also this lingering sweetness underneath like a floral sweetness underneath the smell of diesel and i i can't really describe that kind of smell any more than that because i i have since to smell it again and I don't think I ever will. My main job as an infantryman was getting convoys from one point to the other. I basically would walk next to Humvees a certain distance and then I would get into the Humvee and we would keep going down the way. The purpose of accompanying the Humvee is in case of an enemy attack or an insurgent attack from whatever direction it may have come from, whether it be IED, RPG, small arms fire, large arms fire. It's basically, To keep a watchful eye out, the machine gunner on top of the Humvee isn't always able to see everything around him. I was there to provide an extra set of eyes. It was definitely stressful the first few times that we went out and we would go from point A to point B, but then it got easier as things progressed forward. It's like riding a bike for the first time. You're a little nervous. You don't want your dad or your mom to let you go, but eventually you have to do it on your own and so it was kind of like that it, you had this sense of there is always going to be danger but you know what that's just part of the job and you can't always fear the what if so if you hear shots popping off you get your head down you figure out where they're coming from or you listen for something or someone to tell you where they're coming from because you always got someone watching your back It's definitely not something to take lightly. When you know that the guy next to you has had your back for the past six months and he hasn't let you down, that's something that you can think about for the rest of your life. That guy had me no matter what happened, no matter how bad things got. We both had each other and we got each other out. And that's the same thing for any of my squad mates, anybody that was on my team. I always made sure I had their back no matter what. I was in multiple combat engagements and I can't say for any amount of that time that I cowered and said that I'm only gonna worry about myself cause it really didn't matter about me. I was mainly concerned about the guys that were right there cause I had heard, you know, they got family, they got kids, they got girlfriends, wives at home people that care about them. I really had nothing going on in my life at that time, so I wasn't really concerned about me. I was mainly thinking about all them. When it comes to other relationships, I don't think you'll ever find that closeness. It took me a long time to readjust when I came back home. I remember there was a lot of times where I didn't think I would make it to the next day, and then I would try and psych myself up again, be like, it'll get better, things will get better. It took me a long time and my wife has been very patient with me even now i still struggle here and there with things pre-deployment i had never really seen anything spiritual or paranormal i've seen the shows you know ghost encounters all that kind of stuff on the tv and everything and i was like yeah yeah it's probably all just smoke and mirrors like my dad always used to say everything has an explanation for everything But then post-deployment, a lot of things changed. My way of thinking post-deployment changed. Other people in the military that have been deployed to Afghanistan or Iraq will tell you that almost everything about you changes, personality-wise, spiritually, uh, mentally, physically. A lot of things change. So my first paranormal experience when I got home was from a friend of mine who had unfortunately passed away while we were together in Afghanistan and we were, he was my best friend. I'd rather keep his family's privacy. So I'm just going to call him SP. SP was my best friend. We went to boot together. We ended up getting assigned to the same unit together. We were super, super lucky not a lot of people got that opportunity we went through boot camp and we were super close and we were like well i hope i see you again dude you know keep in touch and we ended up getting assigned to the same unit in the same country so we were really really lucky we got into a combat engagement one day and everything went according to plan you know we we did our job we did our normal thing we eliminated the targets we try to do you know our normal thing of like check ammo check weaponry check the wounded check the enemy uh casualties all that stuff we're supposed to secure the area and lock it down and so i'm looking all over for him and i ask a few guys like when was the last time you saw him where did you see him last and he's i got a few different answers and finally i just said okay i'm gonna go off and look for him on my own and so i looked for him and I went around a corner of a building where there was a truck that was all burnt up and scorched and he was laying on the ground and he was bleeding heavily under his plate uh, I thought he got I thought somehow the round went through his plate but I guess it didn't it ricocheted and hit him in the neck and got him on his jugular vein and um, I tried to call for a corpsman and uh, I held pressure on his neck and he was, he was barely conscious. And so I tried talking to him, keeping him calm, keeping him with me as much as I could. I was like, we're going to get you out of here, buddy. We'll be, we'll be all right. You know, he'll be fine. A few days in the infirmary, you'll be fine. Right his brain." And uh, he basically just grabbed my, my arm and looked at me and he's just, uh, whew, sorry. He only got one more word out before he, uh, he ended up leaving me. He just said, "I'm I'm sorry," and uh, I held him for as long as I could until the corpsman actually peeled him off of me, or peeled me off of him, rather. And I rode back with him the entire time i rode in the back of the humvee in the open air <laughs> risking everything and uh i rode it back with him until we got to base again and i was ordered to give an after um an after contact report it's basically just a re reenactment or reexplanation of what happened during the engagement to our higher ups. So I did that to the best of my ability. And after that, I was told to go clean myself up and go shower and shave and go take a break for the rest of the day. So I went in, took a shower and I still had my uniform on drenched in blood. I didn't have my, my Kevlar on anymore. I took that off, but that was, um, that was a really rough day so after all that things were really different for me for a while i felt like i was inadvertently responsible and i wish i could have done something more for him but i did everything that i was trained to do when it came to simple first aid and wound care and all that i packed the wound i kept pressure on it kept him as conscious as i could but i still felt like i didn't do enough so it was rough I, I think about that often. I think about him quite often, not every day, but I think about him a lot. I'm like, man, I just hope that wherever you are, you, you know that I care about you and I did and I still do. And I, th- I wish that you were still with me. I wish that I could call him sometimes. Um, he was from Texas, so he had a thick Texas accent. And he loved to play guitar and he was a big church guy so he was really religious so he used to sing me all these religious hymns and stuff like that and he would tell me about like he gave up a college scholarship a free ride to college on a lacrosse scholarship that he turned down because he wanted to serve in the marines you're a bigger man than me my man Uh, He was a character. He made me laugh. Uh, The guy kept me up all hours of the night. (laughs) And the next day I had Watch. I was like, you're such a jerk. I hate you. I have Watch Duty tomorrow. But he was that way. He was always joking around, making people laugh. And I'm sure you hear about that sometimes with other people that you've interviewed. There's always those guys that he loved to make people laugh. (laughs) You gotta try and find the light in the darkness, because otherwise we're just gonna end up. You know, the, you hear uh, about veterans killing themselves all the time. It's because you know they they get caught in the darkness and they don't have any light to put them through it. A lot of people have broken over much less. Like when they go over in country and they uh, they snap because they, they just can't take it anymore. It it happens more often than we hear about. I'm still seeing a therapist to this day because I'm struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm struggling with uh, severe depression and anxiety. I'm still getting over those hurdles in my life. When I got home and I settled into civilian life again and all that, it was, it was a tough adjustment. But when I started really struggling with my mental health and everything, that's when I first saw him. And I was like, okay, am, am I going nuts? Because it, it it was in a grocery store, SP. He was on the outside of the grocery store. Like he was standing, you know, those old like kiddie rides, the carousel, the horse that bounces up and down. Like he was right near that. And he was dressed in his dress blues and he just, he just waved. And that was it. That was the simplest little thing. And then I took my eyes off of him for one second. Cause I was like, I wanted to get my girlfriend at the time's attention. I was like, do you see? Her? And then he was gone. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going mental. <laughs> so I kept going to see my therapist for a while. And I, I finally told her about this and I'm like, Please don't lock me up in a crazy house. I know, I know this is gonna sound crazy, but please don't do anything to me for telling you this. And she didn't. She understood. She was like, you know what? Maybe it was just your mind trying to make peace with everything. I said, maybe you're right. But then it happened again. I was struggling financially when I had lost my job and it's mainly due to my post-traumatic stress disorder because i i lost my cool at a job because something set me off and uh yeah he was he was standing in my living room (laughs) and this time he wasn't in his dress blues he was dressed up in his like rodeo cowboy outfit because he (laughs) he had that he had like a, a Stetson hat and a Big belt buckle in a flannel shirt and jeans. And so he was just standing there and he's like holding a dip can and he's packing it. And I can legitimately hear the on the can. And he doesn't say anything. He's just smiling, packing his dip of can. And finally I'm like, SP. And he just fucking disappears. And I went to the bathroom and I got back upstairs and I went to bed smiling because I was like, I, I get to see my friend again and he's not bloodied up and in pain and all that. So it was a really cool experience for me to see him that way. And then after that experience, I finally said, okay, I'm going to go on Reddit and I'm going to see if anyone else is seeing things like I am. Does anyone else have an experience like me? am i going nuts and that was the title am i going crazy and so i wrote and i wrote a long story and an explanation i told him what happened to sp and i told him what we had been through and i told him uh what i had seen and how it had happened and no one thought i was nuts it was great And a lot of the people said that i'm not crazy i'm not going insane it could possibly be that my friend is sending me signs that he's still with me from somewhere beyond that veil and that's very comforting to me because maybe in my time of need because i'm going through a lot of tough stuff he's there and he's still letting me know that even though he can't physically be here for me and with me, he's still watching my back. He's still at my six. And that, that's really, really cool because it's like having a guardian angel on my back all the time. But it's really comforting to me to know that now that I'm thinking more about it lately, that he is probably here with me. Even right now, as we're having this interview, thinking, you're talking about me again, aren't you? (laughs) Because he was like that. So, But it's comforting to know that he's around. I enjoy the times that he pops in and visits me during my time of need when I'm really going through a hard time. It's nice to have him. I wouldn't have it any other way, except I would have rather had him here in life and in person but we can't always get what we want i do just have a clear message for anyone who has ever served in the military whether it's 100 years ago or yesterday or continuing to serve today whatever issues you may have when you get out don't be afraid to talk about it because if you wait too long then the more denial that you keep putting out there for yourself and you hurt the ones that you care about the most, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, your loved ones, anyone, your best friends, um, and you hurt yourself in the end too, because in, in life, all we truly have is ourselves and the people that we meet along the way. And You need to make sure that you take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And it took me a long time to learn that. And I'm still learning a lot going along this journey. It really did take a long time for me to finally accept help because I was a stubborn Marine who said, I did lots of other hard things. I can handle this on my own, but everybody needs a hand and. When in reality, I kept saying, oh, I did all that by myself. I had my guys right there. I had my team. So to my other fighters out there, keep on going, and don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, E. It takes a lot of bravery to discuss such a personal story of loss, and I feel deeply honored that you trusted me enough to share it with our audience. After our interview had concluded, E and I spent a long time talking about how important it is to maintain a healthy sense of humor and optimism during difficult times. And we both agree that this is why SP appeared to E dressed in a silly cowboy costume the second time he visited. E feels that SP could sense that he was struggling with his mental health in that moment and just wanted to cheer his friend up. We can all only hope to have a friend like SP in our lives one day, too. Well, listeners, that's it for this week's episode of What's Haunting You, brought to you by Let's Get Haunted. Tune in next week to hear Nat usher you through another pair of interviews from the LGH archives. BRB, gotta go hug my loved ones close tonight. Bye. $5,000.